Proverbs 13 and verse 24. Proverbs 13 and verse 24. The text says, He who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him loves him disciplines him promptly. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God stands forever. You may be seated. Let's join our hearts together in a word of prayer as we come to this needed and important text from the word of God. Our Father in heaven, we know that unless your Holy Spirit illuminates our mind, we can never truly understand and apply your Holy Word. And so we pray that you would send the Spirit to give us understanding and to give us a desire to apply. We pray that you would just help us to understand this text better and to live more by it. And that for those who see that it, or it seems that it doesn't apply as much, We pray that they would be an encouragement for others as they know your word in truth. And we just pray that you would help us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're on Proverbs chapter 13 and verse 24. Proverbs 13 and verse 24. Last Sabbath afternoon, I was on Proverbs 13, verses 13 and 14, and now verse 24. It's always a little bit somewhat difficult to pick if I'm just doing two verses a chapter or two sections of verses a chapter, but thought that this would be a good verse to highlight, especially because in the book of Proverbs, this concept and theme is said multiple times, the importance of the rod. And so the main point of this sermon is basically just what the text says, but My main point is he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. So again, he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly. My first point, he who spares his rod hates his son. And my second point, he who loves him disciplines him promptly. And so may God by the Holy Spirit teach us to obey this text and to live according to it. Some of you might be thinking, well, maybe you're thinking I don't have kids or I don't have kids yet or I'm past this stage. What does this text have to do with me? Well, much because all of God's word is profitable to all of us. Either you might have kids in the future to know what to do according to God's will. It also helps you to help others so you can give them biblical sound advice if they ever ask you, what is God's will about correction and discipline? It can also help you, of course, if you have children at this age that need the rod to know that it's God's will for what you ought to do. And so all of us, whether we're going to be an encouragement to others, whether in the future God will give us children, or whether we have children who need this now, this is applicable for all of us. Because all of us must know God's will about the whole counsel of God, including children and their correction. Children and their correction. And so again, my first point, he who spares his rod hates his son. We live in a culture today that thinks it can be wiser than God in many ways. But one way we live in a culture that thinks it can be wiser than God is in the area of child discipline. 
where we live in a culture where it is set aside the biblical doctrine of spanking a child in discipline to timeouts, to taking away toys, to taking away privileges, which aren't necessarily bad in their proper place, but are not the God-appointed means to drive out foolishness. And so we've come to a culture that says, you know what, we know better than God. We know what is best for children. And this is why you see many children that are rampantly disobedient. And one of the primary reasons for why that usually is the case, if you ask their parents, do you spank your child? Many of the time, it is a resounding no. It's a resounding, that's not the only reason for their rebellious attitude. I'm not saying this is a cure-all for everything. Of course not. But many of time, why are children the way they are? Because their, their parents are trying to be wiser than God in a way to how to drive out the folly that God, that, excuse me, that are in their children because they're born in Adam. They try to be wiser than God. They try to say, you know what? I have a better way than God. I have a better principle than God. I have a better tactic than God. They would never put it that way, but in truth, that's what they're saying. But we see that our father our Heavenly Father, our Father in Heaven, who loves us dearly, who is the example for fathers in particular, but also for mothers in a certain sense, He disciplines us for our good. God, our Heavenly Father, disciplines us for our good. Let me show you that text if you turn me to Hebrews 12, because the foundation of parental discipline is our Heavenly Father's discipline. Hebrews chapter 12 Starting at verse 3. Hebrews 12 and verse 3. The word of God there says, For consider him, that's Christ, who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. And you have forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as to sons. My son... Do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as with sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which we all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Furthermore, we have had human fathers who corrected us, and we paid them respect. Shall we not much more readily be in subjection to the Father of spirits and live? For they indeed for a few days chastened us, as seemed best to them. But he for our prophets, that we may be partakers of his holiness. Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, Afterward, it yields the peaceful fruits of righteous, fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. We see, according to this text, that God, our Heavenly Father, disciplines those whom He loves. And if we don't receive God the Father's loving discipline, it's because we're not His children and we're illegitimate. Because every child that God receives, when necessary, He disciplines them. Even the language of verse 6, he scourges them. And even verse 11, chastening does not seem pleasant at the time. It's painful. 
but it's for our profits, for our good, that we might yield the peaceful fruits of fruit of righteousness to those who've been trained by it. And so God, the most loving, gracious, merciful God to his children, disciplines them because he loves them. He disciplines those whom he loves. He chastens them because he cares for them. He wants them to be partakers of his holiness. And if God, our Heavenly Father, disciplines his children, how much more should parents discipline their children, modeling the Father's example? What a blessing is for us. What a blessing is for you if you're in Christ to know that God disciplines you if you need it. That God's not afraid to give you a good spanking if necessary so that you do not go astray and are led in paths of ruin and destruction. Are you not thankful that God does not just let us do whatever we want and feel comfortable with it and just lets us go and says, you know what, I don't care about them. You do whatever you want. You have a good time. No, God does not treat us like that if we're his children. If he sees us straying and we're not getting the point another way, he will make sure in his providence that we get a good spanking. Obviously not literally, but figuratively, but he will make sure that we get the discipline we need because he loves us. It's not because he's angry with us. It's not because he's trying to pour out his revenge upon us. It's because he wants our profits. It's because he cares about us. It's because he wants our good. It's because he wants us to be partakers of his holiness. It's because he wants us to have the peaceful fruit of righteousness. That's why God disciplines you and me if necessary. Our prayer should be, Father, help me obey you because I don't want your spanking. I don't want your discipline. That should be our desire. Just like kids, why should they want to obey? Because one reason, not the only reason, but one reason, I don't want mom or dad's rod. But we are to obey God. And one of the motivations, and it's not an illegitimate motivation, one reason you should want to obey God right now as a child of God is I don't want his discipline. Even though we know it's for our good if we need it, but we, it's something that we don't want the chastening. If necessary, we don't want the chastening, but... Everyone whom God receives, every child of his, receives his loving, corrective discipline. And so that's the foundation of a verse like this in Proverbs. Because it was Proverbs that the writer of Hebrews quotes about the reality of of God chastening and scourging those whom he loves. And so again, our text says, he who spares his rod hates his son. Very blunt language. He who spares his rod hates his son. Let me show you other verses in Proverbs that have a similar theme. Let's look at Proverbs 19. Proverbs 19 and verse 18. To see that this is a common theme. The the rod of correction or the rod of discipline or corporal punishment as important for child training. Proverbs 19 and verse 18, it says, Chasten your son... While there is hope. And do not set your heart on his destruction. Chasten your son while there is hope. And then Proverbs 22 verse 15. Proverbs 22 and verse 15. Probably the most famous rod verse or discipline verse in all Proverbs. Proverbs 22 15. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child. The rod of correction will drive it far from him. And then if you look at Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23, 13 and 14. 
Proverbs 23, 13, 14. Do not withhold correction from a child. For if you beat him, which is another way of describing discipline, not the way we would more normally use the word beat, but the discipline. For if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. You shall beat him with a rod and deliver his soul from hell. So we see throughout the book of Proverbs the importance and the necessity for child training to be given the rod. Again, it's not the only thing in child training. Of course not. There's teaching. There's nurturing. There's care. There's all these different things. But one thing that is important and is necessary is the rod. We see here that he who spares his rod actually hates his son. I take the rod not to be figurative here. I take it to be literal. A literal rod. That there's a formal rod. Something artificial that you're using to bring corporal punishment to a child. I don't want to bind someone's conscience on this. But it seems to me better to use a rod than a hand. A hand is more of a form of nurturing and care. A rod is more of an artificial thing where you're able to use it. Differently, If someone's convicted different and they find the hand, I'm not going to bind someone's conscience. But there's a reason why it says rod. He who spares his rod. There's something that you're using to bring discipline and instruction to that child. It's a rod. And that way as well, they're able to separate in their mind between the loving care of the hand and the disciplined rod that they're receiving. Just something for you to think about because it says rod for a reason. He who spares his rod hates his son. But we see the reality that It's the rod of correction, according to Proverbs 22, verse 15. It uses rod there as well. And even Proverbs 23, if you beat him with a rod, he will not die. Again, it's it's always this language of rod. It's never beat him with your hand. It's beat him with a rod, the rod of correction. We see there the reality that foolishness is in the heart of a child. And God has appointed that the way to take that foolishness out of them or to correct it is by the rod. And if discipline, if spanking was unloving and discipline was unloving, then our father in heaven would be without love when he does it to us. If it were unkind to do it, then our father in heaven would be unkind when he does it to us. But this text actually says the opposite. You want to know a parent who hates their child. They are unwilling for whatever reasons, self-preservation. They just want to be a friend with their child. They don't want their child to be mad with them. It's too painful for them. They don't spank their child. What they're saying is, I hate my child, and I'm okay with them dying and going to hell. Mm. I hate my child. I hate my child. I'm not, I'm not worried about them having the foolishness in their heart being driven far from them. Vody Bauckham has given the analogy. He said, a woman who, her child was bitten by a snake, and they have to put a shot in that baby, in that child, so that child can survive. So that child won't die. And that mom is saying to the doctors, but it's going to hurt him. It's going to feel painful. It's going to feel uncomfortable. when he says, but, but he's going to die if we don't get this injection because of this bite. And she says, but it's going to hurt. Not realizing that that little bit of pain will save the baby's life. The child's life. And it's the same true with corporal punishment. That little bit of pain, which God has meant... To have so that they get the point brings life and drives out the foolishness that is bound up in the heart of the child. Of course, spanking should be done with self-control, not in anger. But if it's not done, 
It shows hatred for that child. That's what the text says. I didn't put that in there. That's what the Bible says. He who spares his rod hates his son. Amen. That's what the text says. And parents, they'll, they'll say loud and clear to you, I'm sure, almost every parent. No, most parents are not going to say, I hate my child. But if they don't spank them, they're saying to God that I do. They would, they would debate you saying, I love my child. I want the best for them. I want them to be all that they can be. But do you spank them? No, we would never do that. Okay, well, God says you hate them. Mm-hmm. Because what you're saying is, I love them in my way, but not in God's way. I love them how I want to love them, not how God has commanded me. I love them in a way that makes me feel good about it, not how God has appointed I love them as my buddy, but not as my child who needs to be trained. And so it's the rod of correction. It is loving parental discipline that is necessary for children. Obviously, you know, I I teach at a Christian school. I'm with the older ones this year. I don't have the little ones, but I still do before care, which means I have the little ones. And it would be helpful for some of them to get spankings from their parents. It would be helpful. Sure, sure. It would be helpful. There was a, one girl I was talking to her. I didn't address it because it's not my place for little ones, of course. But she said, yeah, my, my parents don't spank me. A couple of them I know did. So I kind of said, your mommy and daddy spank you, don't they? Oh, they do. They didn't want to spank me. They know their parents will spank them. They're both two staff children. But some, some don't. Because our culture has taught us this. Spanking equals abuse. And God says not spanking equals abuse. You understand that, right? The culture is taught us spanking equals abuse. God actually says it's not loving and hating and abusing your children, in a sense, by not spanking them. Because what you're saying, that foolishness that's in their heart, I'm fine with it staying in there. And they can go their own way and I'm perfectly fine with it. Because, beloved, not that I'm saying it's ever wrong to take away toys or timeouts. I'm not saying that's ever wrong. But we have to remember that there is something about receiving a spanking that you get the point that you do not get when you get a timeout. There is something that you understand that God has put padding in that area for a reason, but so that they can get the point. So that they can realize what I did was wrong and experience that there are, what God wants them to be taught is primarily this. There are consequences to my actions. There are consequences to my actions. But the parent who says, you can do what you want. There's no consequence for the action. Why do they grow up and become utterly, utter monsters that their parents don't want to be around? Because they haven't been taught that there are consequences for their actions. This is why some people, they talk about the teenage years as, my kids are just monsters and I don't want to be around them. It's terrible. Not the only reason, but one of the reasons is because they were selfish when they were children, did not choose to spank them, and then they got older and they became what they made them. That folly became more evident because it was never driven out by the rod of correction. It's God who says foolishness is bound up in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction drives it far from him. That's God's standpoint on the issue. And so this is one of the reasons, it's not the only reason, But it's one of the reasons for the rebellion, disrespect, disobedience of children in our culture. Because they are not receiving God's appointed discipline of spanking. 
That's one of the reasons why you see, might see kids in Walmart or Target or wherever it might be, wherever um, you might be, whether you're at a mall or a grocery store or Acme, wherever you might be. And you see children making a mess of things, a fuss. You think, just take that boy in the bathroom and give him the raw correction. Why, why are you just letting him have his own uh, his tantrum? Because we think we're wiser than God. And this is why you see many children that if they ask for something, they know that how to manipulate their parents and they get what they want because they'll just cry enough and then their parents will get, you just have it. Instead of saying, no, I'm in charge and if you rebel against me, I'm taking you to the bathroom and you're spanking. Which is God's appointed way of driving out that foolishness. And so for those, I know we have a child in the womb, we still have young ones in our congregation. This is so important that you get this point. Because, forget me, it's the text. Because this is what God says. That you, that you get the point that disciplining your children is necessary for their good. It's not that you wake up glad, oh, I thought, hope I get to spank my child today. No, it's not like that. But it's because I love them. If necessary, I will do it. Because my life is not about me and my comfort, but about God and his glory. That's going to make you persistent doing this because your life isn't about how can I make it as easy as possible for me, but how can I glorify God with the children that he's given me? That's why it's so important. And let me put it as bluntly as I can. If you don't, you're saying you hate your children. If you don't, you're saying you hate your children. It was interesting to me. I was talking to a friend of mine. I'll I'll just leave it at that. A friend of mine. And he was saying at a Christian church that he was. He only knew him and another, this is a pretty big church, him and another couple that he knew for sure spanked their children. Everybody else, he, he wasn't even sure or figured maybe they didn't. If I remember right, it was only him and another couple. That is sad when the Bible is so crystal clear about it. This is not something that you have to interpret Ezekiel in some type of weird way or, or some type of obscure reference in the book of the Revelation. This is crystal clear in the book of the Proverbs. That he who, he who spares his rod hates his son. And I'm, I, don't, I don't think in this context, obviously I don't think anything I'm saying in this context is controversial, but in broadly Christian circles, what I would be saying right now would be very controversial. For me to look at parents in the eye as their pastor and say, if you don't spank your children, you hate them. Broadly speaking, that would be very controversial. I remember when Ted Tripp came. Many of you know Ted Tripp, shepherding a child's heart. He spoke at Grace and Truth. And he spoke there and he had like a whole lesson on spanking. I remember it. And I think he was surprised how much Grace and Truth people were affirming. I think he was expecting more pushback by their faces. And when he didn't see that, he was so encouraged. Because you think he, he promotes that and, and teaches that. And even in Christian circles, it's rejected. The importance, and then this, not just the importance, the necessity of spanking children. Because he who spares his rod hates his son. And so hatred and not love lead people to not spank their children. They will tell you to the cows come home. I'm not spanking them because I love them. But again, God says them. You don't spank them because you hate them. And now my second point. He who loves him disciplines him 
promptly. So in contrast to the one who spares his rod and therefore hates his son, in contrast to that, the one who loves him disciplines him promptly. The one who loves his child, because we love our children, if God gives them to us, because we love them and we love God more than we love them, therefore we will be willing to discipline them. We must get out of our mind that discipline means I don't love. Loving means I discipline. One of the best things about uh, love is uh, about spanking as well is you're able to do it and then get it over with. What I mean by this is you're able to do it and then reconcile and show that affection and love again in, in a tangible way, even though the spanking is an act of love. I'm not denying that, but you're able to show that. I remember in Before Care uh, the other day, a mom came in and her son must have been utterly disrespectful to her. She came in hot and she said, who's doing Before Care? I said, I, I'm doing it. I looked at another staff member like, oh, wow, she came in hot about her son. And so he was being disrespectful to her. And he wanted, she wanted me to sit him in a certain place, so I'm not going to argue with her and get her more hot than me. So I'm just, okay, we'll, we'll sit him there, and I put him in a certain spot. But it could have been done so much better if she just took him to the bathroom, spanked him, gave him a hug, and said, son, never do that again, but no, I love you. But instead, she humiliated him, yelling at him right in front of everybody. Instead of doing what God commanded, she, she was pouring out her own anger, not because she loved him, but she was just upset that he disrespected her. And therefore, instead of doing it God's way and saying, I'm going to spank you because I love you and you can't do this, but no, I love you, it was, it was humiliating. But the one who loves his child, loves their child, will discipline them promptly. And I think that word is very important. They're not doing it haphazardly. They're not doing it without thinking, but they're doing it promptly. This is also important with child discipline. If children are disciplined haphazardly or dad has a good mood, so I get disciplined for this. He's in a bad mood. I get disciplined for everything. Well, then they're going to be exasperated. If they never know, if dad's in a bad mood, I, I have to walk on eggshells. If dad's in a good mood, I can do whatever I want. That's not helping the children. There must be a consistent prompt discipline Knowing that if you do this, whether I'm having a great day or a bad day, you're going to get disciplined because you're violating God's law. And so there must be a a promptness to this, not a, I'm having a good day, so therefore no one gets disciplined. I'm having a bad day, therefore just by clicking your tongue in some type of way that I don't like, I'm taking you to the bathroom to spank you. That exasperates children. But to do it in a loving, truly loving way, it must be done promptly with order, with consistency so that the children aren't having to walk on eggshells thinking, uh, am I going to get spanked now or no? Or, but they know. They know if they do this, they're going to get spanked because they, they, it's clear. It's obvious. And again, spanking is one of the kindest things when done properly for the good of a child. It is true. It is true that when person spanks their child to pour out their own revenge and anger upon them. They sin. They rebel against God and they have to deal with their sin. Spanking to be done well must be done in self-control in a spirit where you could stop at any moment and smile at that child and say, I love you because you're not doing it because you were disrespected. Ultimately, you're not even doing it because your wife was disrespected ultimately or because they made you look bad or because they embarrassed you. Those are not good reasons, ultimately. 
The reason you're doing it is because you know foolishness is in their heart and God was dishonored. And you know if you don't spank them, you're saying that their, their bad actions have no consequences. That will also make parents discipline whether they're out and they get embarrassed or whether they're at home and no one else sees. Because they're not doing it because they're getting embarrassed publicly. They're doing it because it's right. Hopefully that makes sense. That's so important. I'm afraid that some parents who are committed to spanking do it because they get embarrassed. Not because they're doing it because it's what God commands and because it's for God's glory. Whether no one sees it, whether they're just me and them alone and they disrespect me, or whether a hundred people see them clicking or uh, yelling at me and being disrespectful to me. Regardless, I would do the same thing because it's about God. It's about his name and his glory. That's what makes it wrong. Not me. Not because my feelings were hurt, ultimately, but because God was offended. That is so crucial. That is so crucial. And that will keep parents doing it consistently. If it's about you and your feelings, this is what you'll do. You'll just become more thick-skinned so you, can't, so you do it less often. If it's about God and his glory, when they do things that are rebellious against God, and need that discipline, you'll do it regardless. He who loves him disciplines him promptly. And so it's that blessedness of of driving out the foolishness that's in the heart of the child. But again, like I said before, what a blessing it is that when a child receives that correction from a a father or mother in self-control with genuine love, and then they're able after, because the consequence has been received, They can then come together in love and affection, hugging, giving each other that affection, knowing that I have to do this because I love God more than I love you. But it's not because our relationship is not ruined now. Our relationship is not ruined. It's also important as well in loving discipline. If you have a child, and this can happen, you can have a child that they get spanked and they laugh about it. You know what they're telling you? I'm in charge right now. You're going to do it on my timetable. This sounds harsh to some, but you must spank until their will is broken. Otherwise, what you're telling them is, oh, I'm just doing it just to get it over with. But it's not to really train you because they feel like they're in charge. They feel like, oh, that didn't hurt. Or they're, they're laughing about it. They're laughing at you. They need, to be, they need to feel the weight of the consequence. And they need to be taught that this is not good. And if, they, if you spank them and they start laughing at you or say, oh, that didn't hurt, or they say, I'm going to do it all over again, or anything like that, then they haven't got the point. They haven't got the point. Discipline is for the purpose of breaking the will. Not, not belittling the will where it becomes utterly crushed, but what they need to sense is this. Mom and dad are in charge, not me. And if a child doesn't sense that, then they haven't got the point. And therefore, there must be a disciplining promptly so that they they feel that. Because some people can do it in such a way where the child leaves without any sense of this was a consequence. But go about their own merry business thinking nothing of it. But children ought to be taught. And so for the children in this room, some of you... were spanked when you're younger or still in that phase, know that your parents are doing it if they're doing it because they love you. They're doing it because they want what's best for you. If they're doing it in love and grace, it's because they care about you. 
And so children must know why they're getting spanked. Because of God's commandments, their temporal and spiritual good and for God's glory. It's even helpful. I think it's almost, I could almost say it's necessary to tell the child why they're getting spanked. Because that is a quick way to exasperate a child. If they're getting spanked, they, what did I do? Or they think, I literally just made a mistake, a genuine mistake. I just knocked something over. I wasn't trying to kick it over. And then you spank them for it. They have no idea what's going on because they didn't mean to. And so they should know why they're getting spanked. Otherwise, you might exasperate them thinking, but I, I honestly didn't do anything wrong. And so they must know what they did and why it was wrong, always pointing to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Spanking is such a great way to point to the gospel, showing that there are consequences for God's children. But our greatest consequence was received by Jesus Christ. Our greatest penalty for our sin that we all deserve because sin has consequences was paid by Jesus Christ. And isn't great that if we're God's children, he does discipline us because he loves us, but he never does it in under his wrath because Christ took the wrath for us. Because Christ paid the penalty in our place. And therefore, we don't have to take the greatest penalty because Christ took it for us. What a gospel opportunity to show your children. Sin has consequences. Sin has penalties to it. But blessed be God, our greatest penalty has already been paid for. And just as God disciplines us not to pour out his wrath but in love, so I do that to you, hoping that this truth of spanking would point you to Jesus Christ. If it's done rightly, it must point children to Jesus Christ. The answer, the ultimate answer, because spanking will not save them ultimately. It will help them. It will be a blessing to them. It will make their life better in, in, in the sense of in a temporal sense. But only Jesus Christ can truly remove that foolish heart and give them a new heart. Only Jesus Christ can truly make them new. Only Jesus Christ can truly bend their will to submit to Christ as Lord. Only Jesus Christ can truly deliver them from hell in the ultimate sense. And therefore, only Jesus Christ is the answer. Spanking is a good thing, but we must not make it the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And spanking is just one thing he's appointed so that we can look to him as the author and finisher of our faith. And so he who loves his son or his daughter disciplines him promptly. If you're here without Christ, then you're without the fatherly love and discipline of God the Father. Because your father right now is the devil. But if Christ, but in Christ, God the Father will become your father. Right now, you're tyrannized by the devil as because he's your father. But in Jesus Christ, you can know the experience and blessing of having God the Father's discipline in love and grace. But only through Christ can you experience the loving discipline of God the Father. Come to Christ so you can be forgiven, but also so you know the loving care of a gracious Heavenly Father that will discipline you if needed for your good. And now for the saints. Parents must know, or those who will be parents, that to spare your rod you hate your son. It's not love but hatred. It's not love but hatred to spare the rod. And those who are past that phase, anyone that will listen to you, you should encourage them. I know there's wisdom how you do it, how you bring it up, of course. There's wisdom. But you should encourage them if they have young children. As you have opportunity, are you spanking those children because God tells you to? Because you love them and you want their children to be cared for. 
This is not a peripheral issue that doesn't matter in child training. This is central to biblical child training. Central. And then again, like I said before, kids should know why they're getting spanked. They should know why, and ultimately it should point them to Jesus Christ as it's done in love and compassion because we want their best. Because we want their best. And if you love your children, the ones whom God says are your blessing and a reward from him, if you love them, you are going to be disciplining them promptly. Because it's for God's glory and for their good. If you've gotten lackadaisical about spanking, if you've kind of said, well, I don't have to make it that big of a deal, I would plead with you. It's so important for the good of your children. It's, for the, it's so important for their good and for God's glory that when necessary, that you discipline them promptly. Don't allow it to fall to the side, but make it a constant thing that you're thinking about so that not that you want to do, you wake up thinking about it, hoping you have to do it, but knowing that if necessary, because I love my child, I'm going to discipline him or her promptly because it's what God commands and it's for their spiritual and temporal good. Amen. Our Father, we thank you for your word and we pray that these truths that are so needed to hear would resonate in our hearts and our lives. In Jesus' name, amen.